Hello and welcome to the next in our series of Royal Ascot Daily Podcast. This is our show for Friday. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornatel. Not coming to you from the course today, as you can probably tell from the lack of ambient noise. I am back at the hotel in Wokingham. Very excited to be speaking to my next guest. Last time he was on, I think we just called him a my colleague at Sky Sports Racing, a researcher. Now we can say my colleague at Sky Sports Racing, presenter and analyst, Callum. Hello, Callum. What's up, buddy? Uh, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, presenter and analyst. That's a big title. That's not right. Oh, isn't it? You, do, you do both of those things, don't you? Yeah, well, I do them both very poorly, but I do them both <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, yeah, so I do a little bit of reporting. I'm still researching. They've still got me on the day job, so they can't get me out of there too quickly. I'm still in the office most days, but I do get out on court a little bit. I was at Ripon today doing the coverage from Ripon, which is great fun with Royal Ascot in the background. We brought a top hat. We called it Royal Ripon. It was late <laughs> today. It was a great day all around. We had a, we had a good time. But currently coming to you live from a petrol station in Peterborough somewhere. So just, just trying to just try to get through the day, the glamorous life of television. That's amazing. I love Ripon. Beautiful, independent race course up north. I went to an evening jumps meeting many years ago, and I, I find it a very charming place. Were they in good form up there today? Uh, they love it, the Garden Race Course. They absolutely love it. They're on great form. It's actually my first time visiting, so it was a really exciting experience to go there, and people were so kind up there. Everyone's kind of the further north you go. I'm sure you know that by now, Peter, but it was, it was lovely. It was a really good experience, and uh, I hope to get back sometime because the Great St. Wilfrid is one of the best days of the year on our British racing calendar. Fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, I like it up north. I'm spending next week in uh, so far north. I'm in Scotland, so that's going to be Ooh, fun. But listen. Best country in the world, my friend. Best country in the world. Let's dive into this race, these races for Friday at Cheltenham, starting off with the group three for the Phillies going six furlongs, the Albany Stakes. you have any strong fancies in here? Yeah, £100,000 contest, two-year-old Phillies only. A little bit of a weird one. You might remember Meditate winning it last year at a really short price. I'm going to look away from the short price horses because they've all got very few runs under their belt. I mean, the top three in the market have all only run once. Uh, Navasar Island is one that a lot of people are talking about for Michael O'Callaghan, uh, one of the Irish runners, a 240,000 territory silly. And she was a yearling. Uh, she dropped into Group 3 company on her debut and did very well to finish second. Probably needed that run and will come on for it. And she's a, she's a nice price currently at 5-1 to one in places. But for me, I'm looking right down the bottom of the market. I'm looking at Pretty Crystal, available at 25. Rich Fahi training, a Dabawi filly, already exciting. But she went, she looked really good when winning her 10-runner debut at Ripon, where she had to get pulled out wide. She was in all sorts of trouble and showed maturity beyond her years. And she got a very, very good pilot on board in Oshidor, who's a classic winning jockey over in Ireland. He's now based with Richard in the UK. And it's certainly my selection for this at a much bigger price. We've seen these two-year-old races. We had one today, 150 to one winner of a Norfolk stakes today. So, I mean, I'm certainly going to look away from the top of the market and try and find some value. Every excuse I get, I mentioned this. But uh, that 150 to one winner, given a very nice shout over on In the Money Plus by Stephen Bonnick, who's been writing USA style closer looks. 
Definitely something worth checking out for those looking for even more Ask It Info in the moneypodcast.com slash plus. Was I smart enough to listen? Of course not. I got stuck into <laughs> American Rascal and started the day in a big hole. But the great, great info that was there for the taking for those smart enough to listen. And I know from the comments on Twitter and the DMs that a lot of you did. Let's move on, though, to race number two, the Commonwealth Cup. We've got a very big favorite and familiar name, Little Big Bear, in this spot. Um, trading around even money 11 to 10 across the board. Are you with or against, Callum? Oh, I'm with the little big bear. I am fully on board that hype train. Yes, we had a minor derailment in the guinea, but we're back after the sandy lane. He absolutely bolted up in the sandy lane. Don't let people tell you that because should have been a ring got close and should have been a ring 33 to 1 today. Don't let them put you off. Don't let people say he was on the right side of the track. Everything fell his way. This thing's a good horse. He's a big, strapping horse. He's only going to get better the older he gets. I'm very excited to see how he gets on in this, and I certainly will not be taking him on. And a bit of a price as well, 33 to 1 in places, Marban. Now, a lot of your listeners probably won't know about this boy, but he won one of my favorite two-year-old races of the season, uh, the Vintage Stakes at the Glorious Goodwood in a few months' time. Uh, he won that last year as a baby. And I think this is a really interesting bit of race placement from Charlie Fellows. He's an up-and-coming trainer in the UK. He's brilliant when it comes to media. He actually runs his own podcast as well. If, you, if you've got time to check out another podcast, check out his one. It's very, very good. Um, I would say this is really good placement from Charlie because they've worked out that this horse is a bit tricky. But I think a strongly run six furlongs will be right up the street. And we know they are going to go flat out here. And I think Marban could be one at an each-way price if you were looking for alternatives to Little Big Bear. But for me, if you're looking for the winner, Little Big Bear, Ryan Moore, Aiden O'Brien, you could make certainly more stupid decisions than backing them to it the moment they're flying. No doubt about it. And certainly, uh, too, you could start, uh, you could think about using in USA-style exotics as well. Third race on the card oh, on Friday is the uh, the 15.40, 40 local, 10.40 East Coast time. Duke of Edinburgh stakes. This time around, we've got something a little bit more competitive at the top of the market. How do you uh, split these contenders in the Duke of Edinburgh? I think we can split it in a really nice, simple way. I think your audiences will look at this race. It's quite it's quite big field. They're going over a decent trip. You can know that tactically this race will be an absolute minefield because we look at what happened. And I think it was the race that the King Horse won the George, I want to say, I'm so tired, I can barely remember what happened today, but uh, if you watch that race, they went off so hard in front, I had a friend of mine in the office, tipped up Davido, and he texts me, as they've gone three furlongs here, he goes, I basically throw my money in the bin, it was an absolute mad dash for that first bend, they ran themselves into the ground, so I think it's a little bit more difficult uh, to look at this tactically, I like to break this down into the top three of the market, to Mirius, to Mithius, Timunius Fox, that horse, uh, Okati Sushi, again, this is a nightmare for names, and Al Nathia. Those are your top three in the betting. And for me, they are light years ahead of everything else. Maxud is your fourth favorite. I wouldn't trust him to get round, let alone win. I think he's one of those horses that will relish a hurdle in front of him at some stage. I remember him winning quite early on in his career, but he hasn't really kicked on from there. So I'll be taking, I'll be leaving him well alone. Everything else down the bottom below that I'm not looking at. I think the class is at the top of the market. I think the top three are really interesting. I'm looking at Al Nasir. I think pedigree-wise, he's a brother to Gaia. If you remember him, very top class. Did it in all different countries 
as, as a younger horse and then really came into his own as an older horse. He's been gelded. Now, this is exciting. They've gelded him. They've given him some time. He comes back here. He's got a rating of 100. I think it could be absolutely well in if everything goes to plan here. He's going to break from stall 10. He's going to be a bit wider the action, but hopefully, all fingers crossed, William Buick can find a passage and William be riding out of his skin. Some of the routes he's been taking during this meeting have just been awe-inspiring, pinning to the rail and just waiting for the gap to come. But hopefully, he gets another few clean breaks and Al Nasir, for me, at around 61 places. I like it. Al Nasir with... Uh... I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be lazy and punt on the name pronunciation given the amount of alcohol I've consumed in the time of night. <laughs> out of fear with a three and the six, I'm gonna say. Yeah, we're good. Tim I think it's pronounced and Okita Okita Sushi Sushi. I'm not quite sure. I've not even. Japanese one is easy. It's the yeah, too messias, too messias, too messias. Is that what you think? I know I'm gonna get bullied in the office after this comes out, so I'm not even gonna try and butcher it again, but. We'll Certainly, he's to... another who's improved off the gelding operation. But for me, Al Nasir could be absolutely thrown in here. Uh, he already gets four pounds off the uh, favourite, so I think he, he's got a massive chance and a good pilot on board as well. Next up is the Coronation with two horses that I absolutely love. Um, neither neither one being the favourite, but 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 horses I've had some some good success on in the past. Meditate and Sounds of Heaven. Um, they're they're in the betting. But from a market point of view, um, the favorite. V odds on everywhere. Uh, Tahiria, very, very tough to beat, I would think, on paper. But maybe not as simple as a one-horse race, or is it? Uh, you know what, Peter? I don't think it is. And it, it's really frustrating because I, I look at Tahira and I love the way she goes and wins the race. And she wins like a good horse every time she goes. But I still want to take her on with Meditate. I thought when Maud was in this race and Meditate was available at some places, eight, nine to one, I thought Meditate was the best bet of the meeting. But each way there was going to be a solid field of eight. I was buzzing to see it and really looking forward to getting it stuck into her at each way place. Now Maud is out, it changes the race slightly. But for me, I still believe to hear it is beatable. Meditate's tried three times and failed three times, but hopefully, hopefully she can get um, she can get the better of her this time. I'm I just like to hear it's never been to Royal Ascot. Is that something you can use? Meditate won the Albany last year. I just, uh, for me, meditate. I'm going to go there, try and take on the favourite. However, I will not be holding my breath because I think Tahira is a very, very good horse. I just think she's got class abundance. We were, we were looking at uh, some horses earlier on throughout the meetings who have run really nicely and failed to really hit the top mark when it comes to a meeting like this. Tahira is not one of those horses. She is class abundant. And although she's had very few starts, she might be very, very hard to beat. Trainer is a legend. Chris Hayes certainly knows how to ride as well. I would not put you off backing at 8 to 13. But for me, I'm looking for a bit of value. Meditate in there. For me, uh, 9 to 2 seems like a really nice price. Just shame we haven't got more to really make it a real, real special race. Yeah, just the seven runners, but the sort of stereotypical uh, short field, long on talent kind of situation. Definitely one that Absolutely. I am looking forward to. Next up, we have the Sandringham Stakes as race number five. Another one a little bit more open in the betting, uh, to say the least. In some ways, the market has it really just uh, one tier of runners with Coppice and Jackie O, and then sort of all the others. Is, is that how you see it? Does the winner come from that top two, or can we get clever? 
I'd, I'd like to see the winner come from those top two. Um, I, I, I do like Chelsea Green. I think the Chelsea Thoroughbred owner group have had such an amazing Royal Ascot already, having the one-two in the Royal Hug Cup, which if anyone called, they deserved. I want to know their lottery numbers because that is one hell of a selection if you get the top two there. I know Darren yeah. Williams, yep. one of our of, presenters. Uh, big fan of uh, American athletes and pop culture figures of, uh, of, the, of, of the 1960s. That's, that's the way you come up with that one. Yeah, absolutely. You just keep saying, Jimi Hendrix, that'll do. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, it, it was one of those really interesting races where if, if Darrell Williams actually picked up the, the forecast and it, it crushed me because I know he'll never stop going on about that now for the next two or three years. So we'll have to deal with that whenever we're in the office. But no, it was a fantastic bit of spotting and a fantastic bit of race placing from trainer and owner alike. Because it's very tough for a trainer to say we're going to run both the horses in the same race especially in these big ownership groups where it's kind of, it, although they're under the big umbrella of Chelsea Thoroughbred, they're actually only owned by about 10 people. So it, it must have taken a lot of convincing, but my goodness, it works. So very good luck to them. And they, they run Chelsea Green in this. Uh, if anyone is interested in the Lon London dr drinking scene, uh, the Chelsea Thoroughbred group operate out of a pub called the uh, Pub in Chelsea, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm that tired, but it's very, very good. And I highly recommend if you want to go and visit it. But is that the racing the, pub? Is that is that the Sydney Arms? It is Arms the racing Island? pub. Sydney Arms, Sydney Arms, Chelsea. That's the one. You're more ahead of me. You don't even live here, and you're more ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day, Peter. It's been a very long week, and we're not even at the end of it yet. But yes, um, yes, the Sydney Arms, Chelsea. Uh, that's where they operate out of. So if you're ever around, in the area, you should certainly check it out. The lovely pub, great atmosphere, especially around Cheltenham Festival time. If you're not, if you're not at the races, I suggest you go and watch it there because there's some atmosphere, especially when a favourite is winning. It's a really great place to go. But back to the race, I have to say, I really want to like Coppice. Uh, she's won on our track before, which is great. We, we love it when a horse wins on our channel, and then they go on and win a big race for Alaska. But I just think the race at Newcastle really did flatter her. Um, I don't think it was the strongest of races. Um, I think she really let herself down in her second start when she was really well fancied uh, in the Nell Gwyn. Uh, so I think, I just for me, I think she comes here. It, it looks nice. She's got two wins from three starts. When she was put against top tier opposition, she was found out. I'd love it if she could step forward. I think John and Sadie Godson are flying at the moment. Frankie Dettori, what more can we say? He's absolutely riding out this skin in his final year. But for me, it's Jackie O. I don't think she's done anything wrong. I thought she ran a really good race behind the hero in the Irish Thousand Guineas. And this is a dropping class from that. I think she has a massive chance. Ryan Moore in the saddle, Aidan O'Brien trains. You can't go far wrong. Of the rest of the field, down, down the bottom, I really liked Dream of Love when she got going. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed with the way her career kind of turned out going forward. But uh, it would be nice to see her trying to come back to form at 18 to 1 would be a nice little selection. Um, magical Sunset for the Ammo Racing team, Richard Hannon. She's really, she's a horse I quite like. She's always tried, but she very rarely wins, which concerns you. She had the one and a half three starts, but she did rattle off a double before that last season. She's by Kodiak. But for me, you just look at the top of the market here in Jackie O. I would have her over Coppice. I think Coppice might be a little bit short. In fact, I would, if you were looking at each way value, I'd be looking up where I think Coppice might not even play. So I think this is a big step up for her. And although it's a handicap, it's a top tier handicap. It's worth £100,000 for goodness sake. So good horses will come to the fold and it will be competitive. But if Jackie O can shrug off her decent weight, she's carrying 9 stone 8. If she can shrug that off, then I think she's got a massive chance. Her favourite back is an 11 to 2 right now. I wouldn't, be, yeah. I wouldn't say no. 
backable favorite for sure. Dream of Love is a possible each way, or are you really probably all about Jackie O here? I'd, I'd go Dream of Love with a possible each way. You're going to have to shrug off top weight, um, but I, I, I quite like her. I'm, I would really I would really take in by her earlier form. Um, she won on debut at Newmark. I think there were a lot of people getting very excited about her then, but she hasn't quite kicked on from there. But for me, yeah, I, I think as an each way, she's going to have 18 to 1 in places, which is just crazy for me in, in a race like this. And these big wide open handicaps, the only concern you've got is that she's got a high weight and she comes out of 19. But I, that, is, that doesn't really concern me, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give, give her a chance each way. I think she'll outrun those odds for sure. We have another big favorite coming up in the King Edward the Seventh stakes for these uh, three-year-olds. We have King of Steel, 11 to 10, 10 to 11, even money, depending on where you look. Is that the right place to be going, or, or is it one of the others? I think I think the key thing here is the ownership. It's an ammo racing horse. Now, ammo racing were desperate for a Royal Ascot winner. They hadn't had one. They got one at 150, 150 to 1 today, so the pressure is completely released off those paths. I have to think that he is thrown into this place and he should absolutely dot up because if he equal that performance that he did in the derby, these other lot will not see which way he's gone. The only concern is he's a big, big boy. And my only concern would be he's coming back from the derby. It wasn't that long ago. He ran the race of his life in the derby. Hopefully he's come on from that performance. He can, if he can step forward, he'll be impossible to get near. But you just have your slight concerns that had the derby taken more out of him because he ran, he did run the race of his life. He was, we thought he was going to win for about half a furlong until the big August Rodine came by and swept past and took him in the final stride. But for me, I think King of Steel is, is a massive chance here. Down the rest of the field, a rest, he was very impressive at Chester. It was in a bog. It will be completely different conditions today. He didn't like the derby, never really got into a rhythm in the derby, but a lot of horses struggled in that. And I think um, he was eased off on the end rather than giving a tough time of things. Um, artistic star, another very likely race. Uh, won his first two uh, races before then going to the Derby. Didn't quite get the rub of the green in the Derby, but again, that was a tough old race. They, they rattle round it for them. It's a tough one. I'm sure you've been there, Peter. You know what it's like when you look at it from afar. The hill they fall down in yep. Tottenham Corner is just incredible to feed your own eyes. Completely different to anything over in America. It's a completely different test. Uh, and I think some horses like it, some horses don't. Continuous, I thought, was very disappointing in the French derby on Sunday after the derby. I, I, I was very disappointed with that performance. I can't see him turning that form around despite the connection. The by mile, a lot of people sort of shrewdy selection for the derby after he ran a really nice race in the 2000 Guineas. We've got to remember he's a Group 1 winner at 2. Is that Group 1 worth as much as we think it is in France? We don't really know. Hopefully, Dubai Mile can run better. Charlie Johnston is having a mighty time of things at the moment, uh, taking over from his father fully. Obviously, Mark has been involved in the operations of things. Charlie's name is the only one on the license, and I think it would be massive if they could have a big if they could have a big winner here at Ascot. But for me, yeah, I'm going to go with Tigger Steel. It would be crucial to see what he's like in the parade, but if he's there tomorrow, take a good look at him because it would be really interesting to see how he's come out of the derby. But Ammo Racing already have their winner. The pressure is off, but this one, this horse is the horse that was here to give them their first World Ascot winner. So hopefully it can make it to you for them. Great race uh, to check out for sure. And uh, the paddock inspection will be done unless it's 9,000 degrees again and it's like a cauldron down there like it was today. Then, then we'll I might just find watch the you in the bar, won't we? We'll find you tucked up 
sitting in one of those very comfy escort chairs with all the other VIPs, while the rest of us scatter the earth have to stand around in the baking sun. <laughs> <laughs> one more race to talk about: Prince of Holyrood House Stakes uh, ends the day, and this is another one where there's one sort of ahead of the rest of the market, a backable favorite in Conquistador, and then a lot of double-figure prices. How are we going to close things out on Friday? I'm going to look at the big double-figure prices, and I'm going to look at two horses who were very smart juveniles, very good two-year-olds who didn't quite take their form any further, but for me, certainly would be ones to back coming to Ascot. The first one is Clearpoint, Oshino, Richard Farhi. We've already mentioned them as a pair together. Now, Clearpoint won his first two starts as a two-year-old and looked mustard. Things didn't go to plan after that. He missed Ascot, went to York. I'm pretty sure he went to York. He did go to York. Went to York, really struggled. I was really keen on him that day. Then went to Longchamp again in a listed race at Longchamp and again didn't get the rub of the green, but came back in April at first and finished fifth of 13 on his first run back. I thought other really eye-catching runs. He's behind Democracy Dilemma, who had had plenty of runs result by that stage and was probably far fitter. And he wasn't a far way off him on that day. So I think Clearpoint comes into this very, very underrated and could have a nice chance. And then even further down the betting, Bullbank. Now, this horse you might remember from Royal Ascot last year. He came second in the Norfolk State. And you might remember the Riddler winning at a huge price, yep. 50 to 1, where Paul Hannigan basically cleared out all the field in one of the most disgraceful racing moves I've ever seen. Still can't believe he kept the race. Uh, Wallbank returns to Ascot, having not actually got his head in front since. He's run twice since, finished third at Goodwood in the Malcolm, uh, where he well fancied on that occasion, where, of course, one these beat by Trillions is quite a nice horse. Uh, and then he went to York and struggled at York and hasn't been seen since. That was in May. So I think, again, he's another one that comes into the race on his back. And I just think he could be a really nice price. I couldn't believe he was available at 28. I, just, I was shocked at that price because I think We've already seen with the likes of Bradsdale, horses that like Royal Ascot, who have won there before as two-year-olds, can come back and do it again at three. And I think I've got a massive chance in this, despite the fact he's carrying nine stone seven, which will be a little bit of a concern. But Kevin Scott on board, I think he'll be wanting to get a winner for Amma Racing, considering they're his bosses. And his old, uh, their old uh, jockey, uh, Ross Orion, got their winner on that 150 to one shot today. So I think Kevin Scott will be dead keen to get his head in front, especially if um, the horse in the previous race, King of Steel, doesn't dot up. So uh, I think there'll be a lot on the line for Kevin Scott in that race. But yes, to me, clear point number 14 on your race cards or Woolbank number two on your race cards in our lucky last. Fantastic stuff, Callum. I know you've got places to go. People to see will let you get to that. I hope you come tomorrow. Hopefully we can uh, have a pint of something, even if it's just iced coffee out there uh and uh we'll have a great old let time. me tell you peter if i'm at royal ascot tomorrow it will certainly not be a pint of iced coffee it will be something <laughs> far far stronger far, far stronger. And, it, and it might be followed by another jog of <laughs> <laughs> buddy i hope yeah, to see you tomorrow. if not if not tomorrow very soon keep up the great Absolutely. work and we'll be talking soon Really appreciate you having me on, Peter. Thank you very much. Anytime you want to talk racing, jump flat, anything, donkey derbies, I'm here for you. Let me know. <laughs> That's what we love to hear. We'll thank Callum Hellwell one more time. We will thank our sponsors at, at the races. We'll remind you, you can bet Ask It on 
whichever ADW you use in the USA. Incredible racing action starts at 9.30 each morning. We've got it Friday. We've got it Saturday. Going to be on Big NBC as well on Saturday for what could potentially be Frankie Dettori's last day at Royal Ascot. Though we'll see. Something tells me when you're going as well as he is, you might decide to do a, rather than a regular retirement, what we call a jockey retirement. Just say, just kidding, at the end of the year. That's what I'm hoping anyway. It's been so fun watching him uh, this meet and elsewhere. Anyway, you guys get the idea. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatal. May you win all your photos. <laughs>